you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks. DJ Bucky Rhett with you here as we look at the Thursday night matchup. Let's get things started right there. This is a... this is a fun one. A lot of times on Thursday nights, we do these previews. I do it while I'm plugging my nose. Not this week, boys. We've got a good one here. This is the <laughs> Bengals and the Ravens. Uncle Al has got to be happy about this one. His spirits are going to be picked up. Uh, Rhett, you look at this big matchup in the AFC North. Short week for the Bengals coming off of a tough loss, yeah. man. And they're going up against a team and the Ravens might be coming off a tougher loss. So two hungry, two desperate teams uh, in need of a win here on Thursday night. Yeah, and and I think, you know, some of the questions now are, are just where are the Bengals health-wise? And, you know, how does the short week treat Jamar Chase, who seemed like he, you know, wasn't necessarily 100%. And I think it was 50-50 to even play last week, coming off that back injury on Sunday night the week before. So where's he at? Um, and can the Bengals' offensive line protect against what, what's been, you know, just a, a renaissance of a Ravens defense? Makes you think back to the early 2000s a little bit with the way that they've been playing generating turnovers, uh, and then, you know, getting pressure on the quarterback. So can that Bengals offensive line protect Joe Burrow long enough uh, to deal, you know, and, and show you some of the stuff that he's he's been doing over the course of the last couple of weeks? So Jamar Chase's health, offensive line protecting. And can they run the ball a little bit? Like, can they take some of the pressure off, Joe? Can they find a way to get, you know, whether it's Joe Mixon, Chase Brown, or, or whomever involved in that running game, can you find a way – to not have to rely on that right arm uh, almost entirely here in this game. And then for me, on the on the flip side with the Ravens, if you build a lead, can you close it out this week? Can you exercise those demons from a week ago, get back to the ground and pound when you have the lead and kind of take the air out of the football and the time off the clock? Yeah, you talk about the Baltimore Ravens. You talk about closing it out. Before I can blame the offense, I'm the defense. This is a defense that is number one in scoring yeah. defense in terms of points allowed, but they need to be able to close games out. And even though they lack what we call a marquee pass rusher, they've been get, been able to get it done by committee uh, until these critical moments in games. Can they find a way to close it out against Joe Burrow? You know that the Bengals are a desperate team because they know if they lose this one, man, they push them so far behind in the wildcard race that they may not be able to get into the tournament. So this is one where you need Mike McDonald, this defense, to step up. My eyes are all on this defense from the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I, I don't know uh, how to make sense of the Ravens, guys. I mean, this is a team that's got the number one rushing team in the league. Like, nobody's more equipped to close out a game than the Baltimore Ravens. Why can't they finish these games yeah. And close teams out. Like, that doesn't make any yeah. sense to me. It was reckless, I thought, against Pittsburgh. You know, they throw a pick down in the end zone. This week, the pick was a little more fluky uh, in the second half late in that one. But, man, they need to just commit to it and say, we're going to we're gonna yeah. rush out to a lead, uh, run, you know, throw out to a lead, however you want to do it, mix things up. Once you get in that fourth quarter, put the game away. Put the hammer down, run the ball, and finish it. Uh, that's the challenge there for the Ravens. And then with Cincinnati, I think, I think Burrow just tried to get a little too big last week. He's at his best when he's confident, but he also, you know, plays within the offense, plays within himself. 
uh, Rhett, I thought there were moments last week where he just he tried to do a little too much at that point in time. Yeah, and I think that, you know, you saw some of the, the turnovers there that, that were unfortunate here, kind of thwarted the, the Bengals' opportunity to get that win uh, over the Texans. Uh, but, you know, I, I think this is this is one of those games, though, where it feels like it does bring you back to your roots a little bit, uh, and, you know, understanding what's at stake in this division. And as you look at this thing, I mean, you got all these teams, you know, sitting here over 500 in the AFC North. You've got, you know, three of them in the playoff structure with the Bengals, you know, next man in looking uh, just behind the the Houston Texans now based off uh, last week. So I I still feel like I trust the Bengals and I trust the Ravens the most. And I know the Browns defense has been great. I, I still don't know what to expect from their offense week in and week out with the quarterback situation and the injuries to Deshaun Watson. Um, but I still feel like I trust the Bengals and the Ravens the most. Yeah, Buck, I, I want to get to you real quick on this one because I feel like this is if you're watching a NASCAR race and you see two cars that they're trying, they're jostling for position and they're maybe bumping each other a little bit. And that's the that's the Ravens and that's the Bengals. And then all of a sudden the Pittsburgh Steelers on the inside of the track just kind of go scoot, scooting right by both of them, man. Uh, like that's the team. I'm sitting here going, watch out for the Steelers. They'll ugly their way to a friggin' division championship here. Oh, yeah, you're talking about the old classic slingshot move, hanging in the back end and just shooting around right before <laughs> uh, you get to the checkered flag. That's Mike Tomlin. That's Pittsburgh. Rubbin's racing, boys. Deadly, but they find a way to, 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 get, to get it done. It's just one of those things that you're looking for. So this is a huge game. It's one that everyone should tune in. This would be a great one uh, to watch. And just lastly, DJ, uh, I'd just like to the, say that... Go ahead, uh, Just Sorry, just lastly, I'd just like to say that uh, as a as the resident NASCAR fan uh, in this bunch, I'd le- I'm, I'm really happy to see you Hold move up. off your, your tired cliche of only turning right. So, way to work. He's from North that. Carolina. He's from North Carolina. You think he doesn't know NASCAR? Literally, he's from North Carolina. NASCAR in your DNA? Yes, I went to school in North Carolina. You have no choice but to understand and follow uh, racing. And, and well, so, Rhett, you talk about only right. turning right. It's only left-hand turns. It's only left-hand turns yes. when you're in NASCAR. We're only going... No, no, no. What I'm saying is you. it's not only left-hand turns. <laughs> There's road races. Oh, I got you trouble for that because right. the road races. That's what I'm trying yeah, to say. I got hit on that. Yep, you guys. On I got hit on that on Gettleman. Yep. Nice. I remember. Um, all right. We suck at NASCAR talk, so let's move That's along there. Uh, the AFC, when you look at the bigger picture here... Uh, the division leaders, you got the Chiefs, the Ravens, uh, the Jags, and the Dolphins. But then it is a muddy mess, uh, Rhett. You look yeah. at it, we've talked about the Steelers. Uh, we talk uh, we talk all the time about the, the Houston Texans and the job they're doing. They've got a legit chance. They're only a game back in the division. They've already beat the team that's in front of them in Jacksonville. So then you've got Cleveland, and then you've got that bunch with 5-4 and four Cincinnati. You've got the 5-5s five and fives with the Colts, the Bills, and the Raiders. I, I, when you look at this clump, I, let's start with the division leaders. Who's vulnerable there? I mean, I, this, the Chiefs are not Jaguars. Losing. They're not going to lose the the West. The Jags, uh, go ahead, Rhett. The Jags, it's, you think it's got to be. I, I mean, like we, when you look at the way that you know, look at the teams that are right next to each other at the three and the seven, right there. I mean, who's playing better right now? I mean, Bucky, I, I, you just saw it. You know, and obviously the uh, you know the, the Jaguars ran into a buzzsaw against the 49ers coming off that three game losing streak, and they they were not to be denied in that game. Um, but the, the Houston Texans are playing better right now. C.J. Stroud is using the weapons at his disposal better right now than Trevor Lawrence is, and he's taking care of the football 
better than Trevor Lawrence is right now. He leads the league with with the fewest interceptions. So, like, if you're talking about who do we trust the most and we look at the, the league's most important position at this point, it, I mean, like, you got to trust C.J. Stroud more than Trevor Lawrence. So if, if we're talking about vulnerable division leaders, that's where I'm going right there in Jacksonville. Hold on now. Like, like, like I, I know I'm supposed to put away my teal glasses, but, like, the team won five <laughs> games in a row before they lost to the 49ers. Like, the sky is not falling down in I'm Duval. not saying it's falling. Like, they got to get back on track with a win. I'm just saying, like, they may have some vulnerability, but I'm not going to sit here and act like, like all of a sudden they're falling apart and the Texans are just going to overtake them. We have plenty of time okay. to see how that plays out. I think a team that could be vulnerable is the Baltimore Ravens. We just talked about mm. their inability to close games out. The fact that the AFC North is the toughest division in football. You have all four teams in the division currently holding playoff bursts. I think with the exception of the Bengals. The Bengals just fell out. But you have yeah. all these teams that are playing to play, and you're right in the mix of a round-robin tournament where they're playing each other. So my eyes are on the Baltimore Ravens as – Good as they've been, the way they demolished some of the top teams, they're vulnerable because they haven't closed out games and they gave away three games that could come back to bite them. DJ, me, quick uh, question for you. Uh, sorry, Rhett. Um, Wait, hold on, ahead. hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, because I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn the tables. Because sometimes I got to call Rhett out here, and this is what uh-huh. I'm gonna do. Because Rhett is inferring, he has the gall to infer that the Houston Texans might be better than the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, can you imagine if these teams met? And they, wait, hold on. Oh, oh, they, wait, did, they did. They did meet. They uh, Texans beat them by 20, 20 points, actually. 37 to 17. Uh, Buck was there for that one as well. Uh, never mind, Red. I guess, you, uh, I guess you're okay in saying they're vulnerable. Clearly, they already beat them on the road by 20 points. Come on. Dude, All right. Look at both hands behind us. But you know what? You know what I love about this? Because my guy Red is a foodie. I think we may have to put a nice little dinner wager on that. Let's thing. do it. Evidently, he has the Texas oh, flag. Let's go. In the background. All right, let's do it. I'm ready. I'm ready to rock and roll. We'll figure out a place. We'll make it work. And uh, and DJ can just, you know, he can just be along for the ride. And uh, and, 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 and DJ can can benefit from the free meal on either on either side. The one thing I will just add on that is Bucky is yeah. very upfront. You talk about somebody who has character and, and integrity. Bucky always references his Jags takes by the fact that he played there and he currently you know, work yes. for the team calling their games. I, I don't remember Rhett ever mentioning that he has a family member that works for the Houston Texans. I, I don't think <laughs> ever that kind Insider trading. Uh, Insider secret. Yeah, huh. I, Interesting. I, that's, I cannot confirm or deny, uh, unfortunately. Uh, but, yeah. Let me just deflect here quickly and ask you a question, shout out to DJ. But, but yeah, shout out. Nice. Way to work. Way to work. Um, okay. So the team that you're working for currently, the Los Angeles Chargers, has certainly yeah. had some ups and downs this year. You know, they're a game under 500 uh, with the Jets kind of waiting and holding out hope for Aaron Rodgers. The Broncos, who are playing better, although I don't know if if we consider them yep. real contenders here at this point just yet, but they are playing better. Do you trust the Chargers to make up the ground needed here? You know, as we sit getting ready for Week 11 to find their way into this thing in in the uh, wild card. This is my sixth year uh, calling games uh, with our with my buddy Matt Money Smith for the Chargers, and I can say, uh, hand on a Bible, raise my right hand, and tell you they will be in it to the last week because I've yep. I it's what they do. They're going to be in it. It's going to be a win or a loss in the last week of the season, and that is against the Kansas City Chiefs at home, who may be oh, resting boy. starters. Who knows at that yeah. point in time uh, what that looks like. 
but no, yeah, they, they will always take it down to the end and, and they'll either get in or they won't get in based off what happens uh, in that day on January 7th against the Kansas City Chiefs at SoFi <laughs> Stadium. That'll determine their fate because that's, that's what they do. They're going to they're gonna take it all the way down to the end. Um, all right, let's take a quick break uh, and we'll be right back after this. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. We're looking at players uh, who have the most consecutive games with a sack. And how about at the very top of this list, Boye Mafe, seven straight games with a sack for the Seattle Seahawks. Justin Matabuike right behind him with five. The defensive tackle has been impressive uh, for the Baltimore Ravens, followed by some big names. Miles Garrett and a, uh, the duo there in Miami with Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips uh, having four and three. Uh, respectively. All right, let's uh, let's jump into the guys at the top of this list, fellas, because Boye Mafe, I'm going to take you in the way back machine here. Uh, let's yeah. go back to uh, my notes on him coming out of the draft, and then, uh, Buck, pick it up on that, and uh, and we'll roll. Uh, coming out of Minnesota, he was 6036. He was 261 pounds. He ran 4.53. Um, he had two sacks in the senior bowl. Go, go figure, a big senior bowl for him. Uh, he's, I wrote down he's very violent. He can gain ground. He's explosive. He can close. Um, his feet and hands get a little out of sync. I think that's something he could work with, just marrying those t- two things up. He's raw. Um, you'll see him crush tight ends. Doesn't have it all figured out yet, but the arrow is definitely up. He was my 31st overall player. And uh, Boye Mafe, the light has come on, Buck, for him and the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, the light has certainly come on. One thing that you know about Pete Carroll is he loves guys with great instincts and great athleticism, particularly first-step quickness when it comes to his defensive linemen. When you watch Mafe at the University of Minnesota, he had all those things in space. Relentless motor, great effort, great toughness, and what you're seeing in the Seattle defense, they are allowing him to play and really play free from clutter, meaning, hey, he's going up the field, he's getting after it, he's going. And so when you think about Seven straight games, he's been able to knock down the quarterback. The Seattle Seahawks certainly have to be pleased in his progress, and the jump that he's made from his first year to his second year has really been tremendous. Yeah, and and going back and looking at that seven-game streak, I think it started with a game against the Giants, and he absolutely destroyed whichever tackle uh, that the Giants rolled out there. I think they had some injuries in that game, and they were rolling through a bunch of different guys. But even you know against Evan Neal, I mean, just the quick, efficient, violent hands. And then that closing speed to get to the quarterback, like he's not winning, you know, he's not winning all the time. But when when he does get free, he gets to the quarterback, uh, which I think is obviously an important quality here. Uh, I mean, he's got a rep against Rainey, Ronnie Stanley a couple weeks ago against the Ravens where he beats him, I mean, in the blink of an eye. And then as he's chasing down Lamar Jackson, gets a hand on him, Lamar gets free. He stays with Lamar. You want to talk about speed? Stays with Lamar, catches up to him 15 yards downfield and makes the tackle. Like, when you got the motor and you have the traits, patience and the tools will come. I mean, I was talking to his defensive line coach at Minnesota uh, his freshman year. I mean, it, it said they had to start from literally ground zero. They had to start from getting him in a stance, you know? And so to think where he's come from 2019 to now... The way he's playing uh, in the league, it's it's pretty dang impressive. 
great kid. I mean, the guy was virtually discovered as a football player by running track. Um, you know, so it's it's pretty neat to see the the development of this young player. No doubt. Uh, going back through the tape and watching this year's stuff, uh, speed to close. They stand him up on the edge. You know, you'll see a nice rip move. He can win with that on the outside. He shows you a little inside counter, which he's added into the yeah. mix as well. You'll see a swipe. He's got an up and under. Um, he's winning in a couple different ways when I was studying yeah. him. And, you know, the, the explosiveness, the raw athleticism is all there. But he's starting to add some tools to that box. I got to give my friend Mina Kimes uh, some credit here because she actually texted me during the preseason because he was tearing it up in the preseason and was like, man, are you watching uh, Oye Mafe? Like, it looks like he might have taken the next step. So we'll give Mina a little uh, a little love there, a little shout out for seeing this coming here. Um, Justin Matabuike, uh playing defensive tackle for the Baltimore Ravens has been outstanding. Uh, let's go back to his draft stuff coming out of AM. Uh, Buck, I'll get to you here. 6025, 293, ran 4.83. Again, we're seeing traits, right? Big time speed. Mafe 453 on the outside. Might have weak A 483 on the inside. Strong, versatile. He plays every D-line spot. He's best as a three technique. He's got knockback power. He's got strong hands. He plays with outstanding effort. Just needs to put a plan together. Uh, he was my 45th overall player, my fourth defensive tackle in that draft class. And Buck, he has uh, he has been a home run. I think Rhett might have hit on something there, talking about believing in the twitch, believing in the traits, and being patient. And I think you're seeing that payoff here as well. Yeah, I had a great mentor who always talked about grade the flashes because they flash it, they certainly can put it again. It just takes the right coach and then maybe the right scheme to pull it out. And when we think about the scheme, Mike McDonald and what he's been able to do with the Baltimore Ravens, he's basically mm-hmm. taken – uh, a collection of independent contractors and giving them tasks that kind of fit what they bring to the table. So Matt Ibuike, you'll see him use various spots on the line. He does a lot on stunts in games. They will create opportunities where he kind of gets that head start on the move and that athleticism that he described, because you talked about his traits, that athleticism has enabled him to get to the quarterback consistently. Is one of the reasons why the Baltimore Ravens defense has been knocking people around, particularly on passing downs. Yeah, you know, and I'm, and I'm kind of listening to you guys talk about the traits here of an interior defensive lineman. I just saw one uh, that's got all those traits as a 300-pounder at the University of Illinois. And, and if he comes out this year, uh, I mean, he's going to go a lot higher than Matabike did. But um, there's, uh, yeah, I think, I think you know, and then look look what Kalaja Kansi did with those, tra- with those traits, right? That athleticism for an interior player, a little bit smaller, right, than what we typically see in there. Um, and then just to close the book for me on Matt Abike, you know, I, you guys know by now I play in an individual defensive player format fantasy football league. I dropped Aaron Donald to go pick up Matt Abike and felt really good about it. Nice. So uh, that just kind of tells you, again, there's the impact he's having. Uh, it does show up in the stat sheet and then goes beyond that as well. All right, Brett, DJ, me this I always feel uh, like I always oh, feel ahead, like Brett is advertising his fantasy football exploit. Yes, because yeah. somewhere down the line, he wants to be like a fantasy football general manager for like his real life job. I think he wants to retire to broadcasting stuff, and he just wants to kind of be celebrated as the fantasy football expert that can make your make a living doing that because. Every episode, I feel I feel like there's a testimony to his greatness as a fantasy football evaluator. Yeah, that's uh, that's true. I, Rhett, answer me this question here because yeah. now I'm um, I'm starting to. This is like I, I feel like I'm on the usual suspects right now, and I'm seeing the the coffee mug and the picture on the wall, and I'm putting it all together. Were you were you calling me after your game to tell me about the Illinois D tackle? And if so, that could have been valuable information. I got to stop declining your calls, man. 
it would be nice. I mean, like I felt like, you know, yesterday is the first time I talked to you in two weeks. You know, I mean, I sent I sent text, I sent video, I call. Uh, I mean, what are we doing over here? Yeah, it's hard to get, apparently. Uh, I got to do better with that. And I, I didn't think you'd have anything useful to offer me, but now selfishly, I know <laughs> I that there's... So. There's some there's some give here. I gotta start taking yeah. these presents as they're coming my way. Uh, that's the music. That's our cue. Uh, that means we are done for the day. Hope you guys have enjoyed it. Uh, always great to be with these guys. Hope you enjoyed as much as I do. Uh, we'll see you next time right here on Move the Sticks. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.